Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Not the real one, obviously. And we are back with an appointment with. Uh, this was a podcast I did quite a few years ago, and uh, the very lovely people at Pro Hair Mag Live had asked me to do some more on their behalf. Uh, so I said, absolutely, it'll be a total pleasure. So uh, we are doing just that. So my first appointment you're about to hear today is with the lovely Claire Shred. Now, you might not really be familiar with Claire Shred, which is one of the reasons there's a podcast. So you can get to know who she is, but she was the co-creator of Umberto Giannini, uh, the range that is currently held exclusively in Boots, and it's been around since about 1998. She was uh, married to Umberto and they had two children um, when he sadly passed away. Um, she's been very much out of the spotlight for a very, very long time um, and not many people know much about her. Um, it is fair to say that she's been immensely successful in uh, the hair industry and amazingly prolific. There are an enormous amount of Umberto Genini products available all of them are extremely good, I have to say. I mean, I, I, I always use this texturizing spray they've got called Mess Up. And although it's what you might call a consumer product, it's, uh, it's exceptionally good. Uh, and I use it for a lot of dry styling things that I do uh, in my job. So have a listen. Enjoy Claire Shred. Uh, feel free to feedback uh, anything you have or any questions that you might have. Uh, in relation to the podcast um, but for the time being please enjoy an appointment with Claire Shred. So Claire how are you? Very well thank you. Uh, so where have you had to come from today Far? From Gloucestershire from the Cotswolds. I would assume that you lived in the Midlands or something like that. Well I'm, I'm from that? Birmingham originally. Okay whereabouts? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know Birmingham? I, I was born in Bromsgrove, would you believe? You're joking. Yeah. Okay, you uh, will know then. So, do you know Hollywood? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was born in Hollywood. Okay. Went to school in Hollywood. You've um, managed to mask your accent perfectly. <laughs> It'll probably come out <laughs> as I relax. Yeah. <laughs> I moved away when I was about when I was about two. And, uh, you know, so I'd, I never picked up any of the accent. Mm. But my dad weirdly went to live back there when I was about 13 or 14. So I used to visit... It's quite a strong accent, that, yes, isn't it? it the is. old, the old yes, it is. The old Brummie one. Yes, it is. We've got a salon in Bromsgrove, actually. Really? Yes. Yeah. You know, all so, all yeah. our salons were in the Midlands. So tell me a little bit about your story then. I mean, how yeah. did you get involved in hairdressing? Because you started out as an artist. I did. Right? Yeah. Yes, I did. And I was working as a, a mural painter. Mm -hmm. um, Large-scale murals. How large, exactly? I mean, Huge. So, like the size uh, of buildings? Yes. Yeah, so lots of work for people like Rank Leisure, who at the time were opening up massive out-of-town sort of shed nightclubs, mm -hmm. you know, with lots of UV paint. I'm sure you've been in one or two. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, some really large scale, huge ceiling murals, right. did a lot of cloud wow. ceilings, a lot of sky. Do you paint them on the floor and then put them in the no, ceiling? No, or you no, are literally... you scaffold up, yeah, right. and you could spend four weeks on a scaffolding team of us. And how old were you when you were doing that? So when I left art college really, mm -hmm. my first commission was at the Barbican Centre. Wow. Um, 22 maybe, something uh -huh. like that, when you, you leave aren't you? And it was um, to do a mural. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'd done a fine art course, so I was not prepared to do anything that earned money. So I had to look up how to paint a mural. Yeah. Um, but that started me off, really. And I guess I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and thought mm -hmm. I could make some money doing this. I mean, it's, um, it's always been historically very difficult to make money with yes. creative ventures. Um, but you were kind of... You were that way inclined, were you? Where yes. you, you were thinking in a what would you say a corporate conservative way, but with an artistic brain. I, I'd say I was thinking in a in a self-employed way. Mm. My my dad was a builder, mm -hmm. um, so I grew up in in a house where you know my my dad did all his took all his calls yeah, in the yeah. evenings on, okay. on the phone and ran his own business. So I never honestly never considered getting a job. I just okay. always thought I'd. Do, do a bit something of... myself. I thought I'd probably waitress mm -hmm. and, and to be able to afford my studio to paint. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever plan. And I think it's important not to plan. I think yeah. it's important, especially when you're young, just to go for what, what you do if nobody paid you. Yeah. Because that's what you'll sustain mm -hmm. through your life and that's what you'll become really good at. Yeah. So, so quite entrepreneurial then. Your yes, dad played quite a big so. part in that. Looking, oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that. I mean, when I 
left school. I just assumed I'd get a job and, mm. and work forwards. It's so different now, of course. You've got kids. Yes. How yeah, old are they? Two boys, 21 and 19. And what are they doing, if you don't mind me asking? So the 21-year-old the is training to be an architect. Okay. So he's, yeah, Again. creative field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the 19-year-old is a music artist, so he's about to release his own music. Oh, really? Yeah. So both creatives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting world to enter because it is quite difficult to monetize. Mm. I think, creative mm. affairs. When you think about all the musicians that are out there, it's probably a small handful that make all the money. Yes, yeah. Um, but he's feeling pretty good about his work, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and again, I just think you do what your heart tells you you need to do and follow it's, it. Isn't it funny that, I mean, I read an article about this the other day that actually the things you're interested in choose you yeah. rather than you don't go, I want to be interested in music. If you're not interested in it, then it's not going to excite no. you. You're not going to you go there. You won't sustain it because yeah. everything is driven by energy. Mm -hmm. Whatever field you're in, if you can't apply loads of energy, you won't get but there. There's an assumption that the energy comes from you to the thing, but yes. actually it's not. I think it's the other way around. Mm, that's interesting. The, the, the thing chooses you, yeah. like art chose you. Yeah. You didn't kind of think, well, I'm going to be this. It's like yeah. it was already built into you. Mm. And I'm, you know, I guess as I get older, I learn a little bit more about that. Certainly in the hair world, you hear a lot of people on Instagram saying, you'll only be a good hairdresser if you're passionate about it. Mm. But you can't force passion no, you can't. in anything. Like no. it has to be within you already. Yeah. And that's not a choice that you can consciously make perhaps. No. But how no. have you ended up in hair? I mean, I realize it's a creative industry as well. Yes, but... well, from meeting Umberto. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I met Umberto when he was about to open a salon in the center of Birmingham mm -hmm. and I had my painting company, which had diversified into more of an interior design business by then, mm -hmm. all leisure industry still. Um, and he contacted me to basically design the new salon. Okay. So we, we met and became partners. But how did he stumble across you? Did he see your work or? No, I, actually, interestingly, my mom was a client of his. Okay. So she did that classic mom thing of, oh, you should meet my daughter. She does, you know, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Probably showed him pictures of some of my work. Mm -hmm. And being Italian, mm -hmm. and very, very interested in art and design. Um, he really loved the sort of big dramatic mural mm. kind of idea for this salon, which was very different to what anyone else was yeah. doing with their salons at the time. It was all black and stainless steel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a very different look. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so. I can imagine it was quite a different look for Birmingham really as was. well. <laughs> really was. We, we, we had everything handmade. So mm. I still am a really big believer in supporting artists. Okay, yeah. So, you know, if you want a piece of furniture, just take a look, see if there's somebody making something near mm. you rather than, you know, go to go the to same Ikea big retailers. Whatever, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we commissioned some really nice pieces mm -hmm. for the salon, a huge plaster um, desk, I remember, the reception yeah, desk. Yeah, do you know, I think, it, was it featured in the Head yes, of the Journal was. and all yeah, that at the time? Yeah, all of the mags, yeah. When was this then, about 1999 or...? Uh, no, mm, 95, 6 maybe, okay. something like that, yeah, yeah, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. There was a very kind of set look to yes. the hair salon, yes. largely established by Tony and Guy, I would have yes. thought, around that time. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I remember, uh, Umberto, I moved to London about 94, um, so I started to kind of immerse myself in the hair world mm. and he was a real big deal. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, what was it like when you met him? So I just such um, energy level. Mm -hmm. So before I met Umberto, I was the most motivated person I knew. <laughs> and then he made me feel like a lazy, mm. literally his energy was incredible. And, you know, as I got to know him, I realised that how fast he ran forward. Sometimes whatever steps he got pulled back, yeah, he'd yeah. gone far enough forward that it didn't matter. Wow. Um, yeah, really, really, he, he, talking about creativity, choosing you, he couldn't have done anything else. You know, he was always, he'd wake up with ideas for paintings. Really? You know, yeah, okay. he was really, really creative um, and loved people. Mm -hmm. So I think a big part of hairdressing for him was that interaction. Very mm. big, fun character. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And did you, like, fall in love immediately? Or um, was it a well, kind of slow burn? <laughs> he was wearing very dodgy clothes when I first <laughs> met him, I have to say. A Birmingham Italian, I can <laughs> yes, well imagine. It yeah, was, yeah, though, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it wasn't, it was, uh, yeah, I suppose it was really. Oh, okay. It was really. Great. Um, yeah. And had you considered the hair world no, as a creative industry? Or no. you just seen it as no. somewhere to get your hair done? And even yeah. that I didn't because having naturally curly hair, mm. the last person I used, wanted to see in my life was a hairdresser. Mm. 
because they'd say, oh, you know, sorry, you've got curls. Yeah, yeah, let's blow dry <laughs> Shall straight I blow it out for you? you? Yeah, and yeah. So no, I, I honestly never, never okay. went into hairdressers. It's worth mentioning how outrageous this uh, curly <laughs> hair is, by the way. Because it's not like curly curly, it's got like a lovely texture to it. But you can only do that yourself, right? I mean, yes. there's very few hairdressers oh, no. to do with curly hair. I had a perm Absolutely. for years. I'll put a picture of the perm up for you. To oh, yes. It, uh, but I mean, I could only do it myself. I wouldn't mm. let anyone else near yeah. it. I mean, hairdressers hate curly hair. They well, really that's how do. it feels anyway. Yeah. Sorry to insult yeah. hairdressers. No, yes, yeah, sorry. Sorry, hairdressers. It does feel like that. But yeah. uh, your hair's bloody lovely. Yeah. And was it like that when you met Umberto? Yes, thought, but much, mm. much longer. Okay. And actually, he said to me, oh, thank God, a girlfriend that won't want me to do a hair 24-7, <laughs> which I don't know, maybe that's a hairdresser yeah. thing. <laughs> But yeah, very, very low maintenance. So you two met and fell in love and then did yeah. you immerse yourself in his business or um, did you grow no, a business together? No, not at together? all because okay. my own business was, was, you know, going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just supported him on a, a few areas mm-hmm. um, and especially when he was really wanting to launch his own products. Okay. So that I got involved at that point with the products. I didn't have too much to do with the salons mm. other than, you know, the interior design. Yeah. Um, but certainly once the product came around um, and he, Umberto contacted Robin Derrick, who was Vogue, British Vogue art director, artistic oh, right. director for many, okay. many years, just called him out the blue and mm-hmm. said, you know, I really love the work you do on Vogue. Would you be interested in designing a bottle? Oh, okay. So um, Robin mm-hmm. thankfully said yes and came on board. And we had a fantastic time designing the range. Okay. And I don't remember if you, you remember the range when it first launched. I but do. It's a lipstick. It, you, could call, lipstick. you could call it a lipstick. And yeah, Robin's yeah. vision was a lipstick. So it's hair okay. cosmetics and the idea was right. a lipstick. <laughs> and actually, I mean, you know, there's a lot of noise in the hairdressing yeah, yeah. Uh, market, but most people remember that bottle. <laughs> oh my God, they remember it. I mean, yeah, because it had the silver yes, tip to it originally, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how did it come about? Did he just think, well, you know, Nicky Clarkston arranged, John Friedersen arranged, I, I should do arrange, or was it kind of, did it have some more kind of fundamental idea underneath it? Um, no, it, it really was off the back of that whole sort of professional mm-hmm. hair market oh, well, growing. Well, you, you won the British Hairdressing Awards, you launched a exactly. range of products. I mean, that seemed yes, to be the, exactly. the, the, yeah. the order of things. Yeah, and as you say, it was John Frieda and mm-hmm. Charles Worthington and Nick, Nicky, Nicky Clark yeah. and then Umberto. Mm. Um, but also what I think he did quite differently was to launch with a very beauty aspect mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, we've got some fabulous original artwork from the first ads back in 1998. Oh, yeah. Well, can, we, can we get them? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll put yeah, them up in the videos so people can see them. I'm really interested to, yeah. to remember what they were like. But I do remember the font feeling very different yes. to what Nikki was doing. I mean, Nikki was very much this kind of Mayfair classic, Celebrity, expensive thing. Yes. Yeah. All of a sudden, Umberto felt quite edgy and young. Yes, uh, it was all about real women. Mm-hmm. So from that very first advert, um, the, the hair was completely undone. Mm-hmm. And, and um, well, I'll, I'll show it to you, but there was a really lovely little description of the woman and her, her likes and her passions mm-hmm. and how she feels about herself. And that was our advertising campaign. So we set out really to do it quite differently, mm-hmm. rather than that, you know, I know everything and I'll make you look amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was more about you making you look your best. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something we still do very much today. It's still very much at the heart of the brand. And was it a difficult thing to get off the ground? I mean, I know lots of hairdressers have tried and failed to get a brand off the ground. Yeah, I mean, extremely. Hard. It yeah. was hard, yeah, was it? Yeah, it is extremely difficult yeah. because to go mass, mm-hmm. you know, I think to go niche, mm-hmm. if, if you can afford to launch, of course, yeah, or yeah. if you take a backer on board. Mm-hmm. But even that's, you know, it's, it's a lot to navigate. Yeah. Um, and were you funded by venture capitalists or anything no, like that? No, no. So did it all yourself? No, actually, um, originally the brand was launched in partnership with a manufacturer. Oh, okay. So that's how we actually got it off got the, the ground. ground. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then the manufacturer disappeared at that point in the no, day? Well, or you just managed to acquire control? Yeah, ba- basically all, all part of, you mm. know, Umberto's early death, tragically. Mm. Um, I think then really what happened was of course, it's a whole product range with somebody's name on the bottle that's oh, now I mean, not there. It was incredible to think yeah. how the brand has survived. I mean, yes. we can talk a bit about that. But um, at what point did he become ill and then pass away? What year was that? Well, we 
actually, I was pregnant with our second child, mm -hmm. um, and he the illness was about 18 months, and he died at the age of 33. Wow. So it was, you know, it was, yeah, pretty awful. A massive shock, simply. Yeah. Like it came the out. The worst, of, absolutely. Of yeah, he, he'd been travelling, actually, he was artistic director for Schwarzkopf mm -hmm. at the time, and he'd been travelling and came back from travelling not feeling well, um, and it sort of roller-coastered from there, actually. And wow. Sort of every every step didn't didn't mm. get the right answer, you know. In, yeah, in yeah. The, um, and yeah, we had obviously our very young children. So um, you were pregnant with this the second with the one. second, yes, yes, yeah. When Umberto was going through chemotherapy and everything. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, there's a whole bunch of things to think about, but I guess after the dust has settled, yes, and he's passed away. Um, what do you do with this kind of empire? Like, yeah. It's yours, presumably, at this point. Is it? Yes, exactly. Um, so originally, I think, you know, we didn't think he was going to pass away. Okay. So, so I stepped in to mm -hmm. keep everything going and to look after everything whilst he was getting treatment. Um, then, of course, when um, everything went completely the wrong way, um, it was a situation where I was determined that his name was going to, to live on, mm -hmm. you know, because naturally everyone was like well that would be the end of that brand you mm. know without the star without umberto yeah. to and of course you know that was that was something that i wasn't going to let happen mm. um so i even though i didn't know very much about any of it i really threw myself into making sure it had a future yeah mm. it's an amazing legacy to mm. keep alive i mean i think that was the general thought is that how is this going to survive without Absolutely. a figurehead? Yeah. But I mean, that's a great tribute to, to you and, and what you did uh, around that time. Yeah. Well, I think creativity saved it, if okay. I'm honest, because um, it's a very beautiful name, mm -hmm. Alberto Giannini. Yeah, it yeah, gives it you is. a cue already, mm -hmm. doesn't it? You, mm -hmm. don't, you know that there's design, there's finesse, mm -hmm. there's a cosmopolitan, you know, there's yeah, a yeah. whole load of cues that... Mm -hmm. Um, you actually don't need to see very much more to get a feel for the quality and the luxury and mm. the... So I really just played on that and built that as, as the legacy. What was the, what was the first thing you did or what was the first major changes you made after that? Um, well, there was a lot... to make a lot of noise around it, I yes. presume, quite quickly. Yes, yeah. Um, um, I think focusing on Carl mm -hmm. because... That was one area of hairdressing I understood. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, focusing on the non-hairdressing aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So what, and I, you know, I, I did this much more by luck than judgment, but was to say, okay, wouldn't it be great if there was a product that did? Yeah. Rather than what's the market doing? What's salon hair care mm -hmm. doing? What are the hairdresser's skills and what do they need? Because in my experience, actually, what a woman does with her hair at home is so different to what is done in the salon. I totally agree, yeah, yeah. You need completely yeah. different mm. products. You need shortcuts. Mm -hmm. You need products that will do what the hairdresser does without mm -hmm. a product. Um, so, so actually that allowed new products, um, which I think are really what set the course for, for, the, for the legacy, is, mm. is to keep great new products coming out. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, the foundation of those were in your curly hair, yes, presumably. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. Umberto had, had already designed a product for my hair. Okay. Um, which is still our best-selling product. Really? Yeah, to this day. And what's it called? It's called Curl Jelly, and it's a scrunching jelly. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing... I never, ever dried my hair with a hairdryer or anything. No, well, Just why to would you, right? Leave I it mean, to air dry. Yeah. I mean, it amazes me that air drying has become like this trend when yeah. anyone with textured hair has been doing it, been doing for it years, forever. Right, yeah. um, but there was nothing that you could scrunch into your hair mm -hmm. um, that, that would give you some gloss and some form to your curls and yeah. you could just leave it and go. Yeah. So that's, that was what Umberta came up with for me. And, that's, that's, um, yeah, and that became the foundation, still, I guess, yeah. of the brand going yeah. forward. So how many curly products have you got in the Oh gosh, the you're testing me now. We've yeah, got, yeah. We've well, got just, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. And, and How many so products loyal. in the range overall? It's around 70. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah, there's around 70. We, we um, cover pretty much every hair type yeah. now. Yeah. You've got a really nice dry texturising spray. Oh, good. I can't remember what it's Is called. It poof? No. No? It's called Is it? Dry something or other. I okay. It's just, but it's really yeah. good. Yeah. I'm always looking for a good dry texturising yeah. spray. Because a lot of my work's done on dry hair. You yes. know, I'm all about yes. you know, your hair anywhere and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, and somebody had recommended me that. Oh, great. That's very, very yeah. good. Oh, good. So your main stockist is Boots. Yes, UK. Exclusive to Boots yeah, in the UK. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Boots, Boots UK is our major mm -hmm. uh, market here. We've, we're also in Waitrose, Ocado, oh, yeah, um, okay. Urban Outfitters, Blimey. which is really nice business for us. I think one of the most interesting things I saw was I went to New York about 15 years ago on a job and I saw that John Frieda was in Tower Records mm. and I thought, mm. bloody hell, if you're stocking shampoo mm. in a record store, that's one hell of a distribution mm. uh, network. But I guess if you can get out of the beauty, the traditional beauty places and spread yourselves around a bit, it's quite interesting. I know yes. Dr. Popo, the, the, the lip balm people yeah. are in places like Oliver Bonus and stuff like that. And yeah. They do really good business in those mm. places. Mm. So it's interesting people are buying products in lots of different ways. Yeah, and of course places. online. I mean, online mm. has changed the landscape. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's an area that we're, we're really investing in have you got an online yes we have shop, yeah, got, yeah yeah we have and it's yeah. doing well through really that? well mm. yeah and it's a great opportunity to be able to educate mm. and help customers with their hair and mm. of course you know marketing now is one-to-one -one. yes it's it's not billboards and tv advertising mm -hmm. it's one-to-one -one. Mm. it's um you know your 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 community ask you a question and they want an answer within that time yeah, period yeah, you know and and or they'll slag you off on yeah. social media, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, again, I have to say the curly community is just so engaged. I know exactly what you mean. It's like they should be part of the LGBT crowd, yeah. right? I mean, they're, yeah, they're, really they're in a little bubble all yeah. on their own uh, of kind of suffering with all these different kind of ailments and frizz and fluffies fly away his hairs. But if you give someone a solution for curly hair, yes, they love you forever absolutely right? the loyalty level mm. and you know and to celebrate curls mm. and that's what we do and have always have done yeah. is, is love the unique nature mm. of curls how do you do with social media and stuff like that how's all that to yes really really good actually yeah. we have a we have um very you know distinct voice that we keep very true to us mm -hmm. and as i said love the one-to-one -one conversation yeah. that we can have I've noticed uh, there's a lot of curly hair on your yes. instagram page yes. which is good to see as well because yes it's funny, I mean, uh, I spoke to this social media person recently and she said, the thing you should do is that if an alien came from outer space and looked on your Instagram page yeah. and they look up the pictures as a whole... They should get you. They should get yeah. you immediately, yeah. right? Um, but it, lots of hairdressers are essentially doing the same thing, mm. which is this wavy coloured hair, usually with a bit of balayage mm. in it, a lovely bit of lighting cast mm. on it and heads all, all from the back, you know. Mm. And I think, oh, everybody's starting to look the same. But I've noticed mm. with yours, you've got a very distinct style. The colours are very good. Yes. A lot of curly hair yeah. on there and a lot of natural consumers on there rather yes. than models. It's their content, not mm. ours. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's a very good strategy, I think, because yes. it's very inclusive. Then, yeah, so. and it, well, it's real. And mm. that's, you know, really important to us. Also, we're, we're fully vegan as a brand. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. Okay mostly vegan as okay. well um and it was very important to me when when i took over the running of the brand mm. that, that it be fully vegan because was it it wasn't accidentally vegan no no okay because no. it's, no, it's a... very hard to get it totally vegan. is it yeah because okay. there's so many ingredients <clears throat> that you wouldn't think of but they've come from um wool, wool fibers okay or you know and none of that is in ug products wow um no beeswax no you know and do you make a song and dance about that or yeah. you do yeah. we okay. never used to though no i mean we never used to have, have it on pack it was a personal thing to me that quite frankly in marketing meetings everyone was like yeah 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 claire but Whatever. nobody cares yeah. but now of course that really is a, a trend mm. which you know i'm really really pleased about mm. i don't mind at all that everyone's but it's a coincidence that it's this great. trend has really taken off and you just happen to have been yes, part of it yes it's fantastic yeah a good friend of mine phil smith who's got a, a range i think in uh, in sainsbury's you know he said the biggest consumer inquiry is are your products vegan really? yeah. yeah they yeah. must get 50 60 calls a day just yeah. asking that yeah and there's a really good instagram page called accidentally vegan i don't know if you've come no, across that actually, no. but these are people who stumble across products that are ah, vegan yes. but just by chance yes. that you never thought would be yes and there's posts on there all the time but mm. i've noticed with some hair brands they probably are accidentally vegan yeah. but don't necessarily make them which is great it. yeah you know, absolutely right more of it more of it for yeah. sure mm. how has it been for you as a, a woman in such a kind of corporate industry and i know it's creative business but a corporate industry of, of consumer retail is yeah. probably still kind of male heavy is it um yeah i mean 
specifically mm. i don't really know okay in terms of of how male or female heavy it is i just know from my own experience of just being a woman mm -hmm. in any business mm -hmm. or in any career choice that it is really challenging mm -hmm. and i wish it wasn't yeah um but it really is so i'm very very much about supporting women we're actually an all-female team really yes we are so yes. if i applied for a job <laughs> Well, would, I, would I have to transition? You, you would have to be much, much better than the next woman. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's something that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, we, we've got to correct some of the wrongs. Mm -hmm. And actually, women, um, it, it's tough to be a woman in any business, yes. I believe. Um, and, to be, and to reach the levels that you could, you could reach is, mm -hmm. you know, we know there's a lot of women in, in, in levels of a business middle and below but when you get higher up they, mm -hmm. they thin out mm -hmm. and there's no reason why i think probably the beauty industry is a lot better than most it's an incredibly inclusive industry yeah. i think yeah. the beauty industry but that yeah. specifically going into consumer retail it's like you slightly although it's still part of beauty i guess you slightly leave that behind to a certain extent because mm. i mean certainly when i started hairdressing in 1988 i was a 15 year old boy with 13 women in this mm. salon i was mm. terrified you know yeah and excited as you can imagine um, but it, it never crossed my mind that it was, uh, you know, dominated by men in, in any way until you got much older. Yes. And then you realise every winner of the awards is usually yes. a man. And, yes. And various other accolades yeah. go to, seem to go to men. Yes. But I mean, it must have been very difficult for you to be raising two kids virtually single-handedly and running this business. I mean, mm. being a mother's probably more of a hindrance than just being female, presumably. Well, I, I guess it depends on your view. I mean, it's mm. it's by far the best job in the world. Being a mum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, being yeah. a dad comes yeah. across second. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the privilege of being entrepreneurial and mm. running your own business is that you can juggle mm -hmm. and incredibly stressful to juggle, but mm. I would not do it any, any other way. Um, you know, and, and you make you have to make choices, career choices, yeah. don't you? Um and compromises. Mm -hmm. um, we had a really nice business in the US, for instance, but actually managing that business just didn't fit with family life because they mm -hmm. come online at five o'clock in the day and that's when, yeah. you know, your kids, you need to pick your kids mm -hmm. up and do all of those things. So, you know, we made some tough choices around um, how, how the business would progress. Yeah. I, I wouldn't change any of it, no. No, well, good. Mm. I mean, it's interesting. Somebody once said to me, you, you pay a price for every decision you make and every decision you don't make, but you won't not pay a price, you know, and it's interesting that you say that as you would have paid the price for staying in America, presumably, which might have been a detriment to your family. Yeah. I, or you pay a price of not being in America, yeah. which is might be detriment to the business, but your family flourishes because of it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think your decision, decisions, yeah. aren't they, you know? but I think if you make decisions that are true to you, mm -hmm. they are only ever positive. Mm -hmm. Even if they're difficult, they are only ever positive. So what's the future for Claire then? So it's a it's really exciting time for Umberto Giannini mm -hmm. um, because of all the things we've talked about, really. Curl becoming so popular now. Mm -hmm. It's celebrated. So many women letting their curly hair show, letting mm -hmm. it free. Well, there's a great sense of freedom about oh, yeah. hair now, yeah. isn't there? Because yeah. I know you described earlier about in the 90s, it was like hair was really precise. Every mm -hmm. strand of hair was doing the same thing, you know. If you had any little bits and pieces or frizzes or flyaways, like mm. it was really seen as like, well, you're a terrible hairdresser if you yes. can't get that up. Yeah, yeah. Where now it's the polar opposite of that. Like it's hair's yeah. free to move around, a bit of fluff or a bit of flyaways or even static seen as a yeah. good thing. But yeah. you're well ahead of the curve, pardon the pun, that yes. was terrible, <laughs> uh, with all of that. But uh, mm. so you're tapping into that in a big Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And it's growing all of the time. And it's, I mean, the biggest buzz you get when you make products mm. is, is, you know, letters and messages from people that have found your products. Mm. And I just, you know, it's changed my life because now I just do this and my hair's amazing and I'm really happy with it. So that that's, you know, really, we see us just keeping going and yes. taking that internationally as well. Um, and we launched, we launched um, Natural Colour earlier this year. All right. And again, sounds like I just model everything on my own needs. Um, but that was something because, um, I've been colouring my hair a long time and um, really didn't want to use all the, all the harsh chemicals. Mm -hmm. 
and my scalp was starting to react um, to all them. The colour was beautiful, it, you know. Yes, it so, came at a price. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to find something that I could use that didn't irritate the scalp. So actually we ended up formulating our own hair colour, which is called Flowerology, and it's 95% okay. natural. Wow. And it's, yeah, it, it's really... Semi, long-lasting semi? Permanent. Permanent. 100% covers grey. Wow. I'm wearing it here. Yeah, yeah. And believe me, well, there's a lot that's... of grey in there. <laughs> um, and that's, gosh, the letters we've had from people. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because for women, colouring your hair so regularly, mm. um, you're very conscious of how much, you know, all of us are now, I think, yeah. with our skincare and everything, aren't we? Just conscious of actually how many chemicals are we using. Yes. And, you know, not all chemicals are bad at all. I'm, well, the interest somebody said to me recently that everything is chemical, like yes. everything. Yeah. Broccoli is chemical. And the most like, powerful poisons in the world are natural. Yes. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know, I'm definitely not saying, you know, unless mm. it's natural, it's not good. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But if you are somebody who has, you know, yes. felt the irritation of something, then you should give it a go, give it change. A go. And where can you get it? Boots. Okay. Yeah, boots. Um, and online but UG, yeah yeah i mean consumer i mean how do you how are you coping with or dealing with the idea that you are arguably drawing people away from the salon and going to boots to well, buy their you know arguably professional quality products well we use our box color in salon do you yeah. okay because we um for for clients that have irritation mm -hmm. for clients that only want to use vegan and cruelty free mm -hmm. product we've got something extra mm -hmm. to the usual salon offering. So, you know, the majority of our color is, is still done in a different way. Yes. But we now have our own brand okay. that allows that customer to have, have. And people can buy it from the salon and they can also get it yeah, applied at the yeah. salon. Because, I mean, home color is so easy. Yeah, But absolutely. equally, if you want, you know, mm -hmm. tones in your hair, I mean, some of the results that the salons, the guys have been coming up with in the salons are amazing. Yeah. And they're, they're mixing colours. Yeah. We've only got seven shades at the moment. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're, we're learning which are the most popular mm -hmm. and we'll expand into that. But in the hands of the stylists, I mean, they're creating balayage looks with them and yeah, all okay. sorts, which you can't do at home. No, well, I mean, you could. Well, you could. Give it a try. I mean, I did. I, I always colour my own hair, like I, I just get a bit of bleach and I think yes. I'll rub that on there, yeah. rub that on there. And then I do re meet people who go, who's done your hair, did a yeah. great job of it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's amazing what you can oh, yeah, do absolutely. on your own. Yeah. And I think with YouTube and all this online mm -hmm. content of how to, it's much easier for people to do their hair at home. Yes. How is the salon business for Umberto? Yeah, it's been challenging mm -hmm. um, for all retailers mm -hmm. on the high streets for, for quite a few years yeah. now, I'd say. Um, we're fortunate that we've got a fantastic team. We're five salons, so we're small enough that, you know, we really are family. Okay. Um, and so very much support, you know, each other. Mm -hmm. um, great team of people, some of whom have been with the business for over 20 years. Okay, wow. Um, but, you know, new salons yeah, opening up all the time. Um, and we're looking to expand to, to even more. Yeah, we've got really? one in Milton Keynes that we're um, oh, wow. be launching. Now, it must be a very different business, though, like yes. the consumer retail and then yes. running a yes. hairdressing business. What are the big challenges you're facing? Because I know people from Pro Hair Mag are going to be reading this interview. They'll listen to it, maybe watch it. You know, is there any things that you could give them in relation to running a successful hair business when you're not a hairstylist yes. yourself? Yes. Well, it is all about people, isn't it? Mm. As in anything, mm. you know, um, you should always have the best people, have preferably someone that's better than you are at everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just wonderful. Um, it's fun, sorry, it's funny you, you say that. Uh, uh, there's this the idea that a good manager becomes surplus to requirements because yeah. you inspire people to be better than you. Yes, yeah. And that's just something you touched on that. there weirdly. And big you don't believer. often hear people uh, acknowledge that. Yeah. Actually, you want people to be better than you. Yes. Those are the people yeah. you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so good. definitely your management team is, mm -hmm. is crucial to that. Um, there's a real issue with recruitment, I'd say, mm -hmm. in the industry at the moment. Um, and I think it's not getting any better. Either, no, is it? but I think you know. Again, always like to look on the positive. Yeah. I think the positive will be that more um, salons will focus on training again mm -hmm. and bringing through their own people again. Certainly, we are. Mm -hmm. So we've made a move to um, start to really, you know, fast track people through and focus very heavily on bringing new hairdressers into the industry. Okay, so um, like people at sixteen, seventeen years old. Yeah, um, we we yeah we yeah. obviously. 
then really help them develop past mm -hmm. their MVQ training mm -hmm. and um, okay. and we do that as a group. Um, so you know, we we hopefully then will always have a supply of mm -hmm. great talented people that yeah. can go out to the rest of the group. But I'd say that's a challenge, recruitment. Yeah, it is a challenge. I, I, I had a contract with Procter & Gamble for a long time. And what was interesting about them is they never employed anybody other than graduates. Mm. And they kept their graduates mm. throughout the entire business. The only time they would take on new people is that they acquired a new business. So when yes. they acquired Weller, they took on, yeah. obviously, the Weller staff at that point. But it would be great to think that you would only ever get your employees at 16 or 17 and then they stayed with you throughout their entire career. Mm. I mean, it's hard to believe that that would happen. And perhaps it's a good idea that they flee the nest every so often. But yes. And, but often, you know, people do and then come back. And then come back. And they're they often realize. the best. Yeah, yeah. Because they've, they've had a bit more experience. Mm -hmm. They've seen how it's done in other businesses. Mm. They bring good ideas back or... Um, and I, you know, again, I think it's a it's a fantastic industry. Actually, yeah. it allows you to work in lots of different ways, whether it's freelance, mm. whether it's with a salon. I think there'll be much more merging of the two. Yeah, I think in the past, salon owners have been very scared of letting go of staff to do anything separate to being in that salon. Yeah, and I think we'll see more fluid working environments. Um, have you got a particular strategy about? getting these young people out of school? Um, do you go to schools no. or go to colleges or anything like no, that? We, we, no, we don't, no. We, we, um, we, very, much, uh, we very much recruit locally. Mm -hmm. So we know, again, we're, we're a small group. Yeah. We're only five salons. Um, so we certainly don't have a shortage of that age group. Okay. Um, and you, you get quite a lot of fallout at that age group. Oh, I can imagine. People don't really know what they want to do. Yeah, for every so 10 you get, you only yeah. keep one yeah. probably do yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's... it's yeah. Um, but but certainly where the focus can really help them is mentoring them very much one to one mm -hmm. in the salon, and we um, what we then do is um, use one of our salons as a, a training hub. Okay. So then bring some of the skills from mm -hmm. the rest of the team and really share it across the whole group. Mm -hmm. So in the past, I guess the franchises were kind of standalone and only came together at specific okay. times now we're much more um mm -hmm. doing a lot more things together so so are the franchises the five yeah, yeah. and uh, do you own one of them yes or okay yeah which we use is for this the, the one that you designed no actually no no okay. no, no that's that's long gone actually oh, I, think it? It, I think it was a carluccio's or something <laughs> <laughs> i think even that's gone now okay okay <laughs> what was it um what was it like for you designing a salon way back when um great fun actually mm. because i came at it without any sort of salon knowledge so i kind of just treated it as a as an entertainment environment yeah um it's really interesting isn't it i think when you bring people outside of the industry in mm. they often can see it with a completely new set of eyes yeah. i always use the analogy that when ricky gervais wrote the office he'd never written comedy before he'd never acted before mm. he'd never directed before he'd never anything commissioned before yet he made the greatest sitcom the bbc had ever produced yes. And it's really interesting that somebody with no experience on any level yeah. does something that revolutionises the industry. Yeah. And I feel like that's what somewhere hairdressing needs, perhaps, is just a complete fresh set of eyes on it. And for mm. perhaps Umberto and the Birmingham set, you were a complete fresh set of eyes yes. on all of that. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, at the time people felt they were in a sort of boutique hotel mm. lobby and, mm. you know, it was completely different to, to what mm. they were used to. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd say we we still do do that in salons. So our Birmingham salon now is not even in a, a sort of retail unit. Yeah, it's in a beautiful old Victorian building in several rooms. So it's it's more like an atelier. Oh, it's okay. really yes. low key and it's mm. uh, it's great actually. So we do try and bring a bit of uniqueness to each site. Mm -hmm. And have you got any uh, ambitions left to fulfil, Claire? Gosh, so I mean, many. I mean, how old are you? Can you tell me or do you not want to tell me? I can, I'm 52. 52? Mm. I mean, all right, are you sure about that? <laughs> Thank you, flattery. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I've got so When many. would you like to retire? I, I don't think I would ever no? retire, no. There's too many projects in too many areas. I, you know, I still, I still love painting. I mm -hmm. definitely don't do enough of that. So um, I'd really like to do more of that. Okay. I still think there's so many new ideas mm -hmm. for hair and beauty that I would really like to bring to market. Okay. Um, I don't, it's so much. When I was at school, I thought I'd join Greenpeace. That was my ambition. Yeah. <laughs> Go and work for Greenpeace. Well, so I might still end up doing that. Isn't it funny raising kids? Because you think, you, you, you know, they think they know what they want 
like my kids are 16 and 14 at the mm. moment. They've got like a, a rough idea of what they want. But it's amazing as you go through life and you realise, oh, I don't want that. And mm. I'm not interested in this and I'm more interested in that. It's mm. funny how, it's really funny how life turns out really, isn't it? I think it's very liberating as well now mm. to be a, a younger person. I'm not, gosh, not, not without challenges. Mm. But the sort of multi-career mm -hmm. is, is really interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we can have more than one career and totally, all going at the same time or... You know, I think there's a lot more scope to, to write your own story Completely. with your career now. And, and the idea that, that if you're leaving school at the moment, that the job you will end up doing probably doesn't even exist yes. yet, yeah. you know, is a really interesting concept. The idea yes. that my hairdressing career would have brought me to do the things I've ended up doing, you know, would have been unheard of, really. Absolutely. I wouldn't have believed any of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how would you best describe yourself, you know, if, some, if you were on a dating app, Gosh. How would you best describe yourself? <laughs> oh gosh, that is that is too difficult. My, my, kid, <laughs> my kids would say I'm a crazy hippie most of the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, I, I have tendencies towards, I mm -hmm. must admit. Um, I would hope that, I can't answer the dating app one, but I would hope no. that people describing me might say that I am always positive mm -hmm. and energetic and... Um, and caring, I hope, because mm -hmm. I think I would like to think that everybody I work with and the salons know that, you know, they can always mm -hmm. speak to me. I'll always help with anything I can. Okay. Um, and that's something that's really important to me mm. that, you know, I think we can do business in a really kind and caring way at every single level. Yeah, I agree with um, that. It doesn't need to be brutal, does it? No, and, or and ruthless yeah, or, yeah. you know, all of those attributes that we're led to believe mm -hmm. being a business person is. I mean, I've shied away from ever calling myself a business person. Okay, well, I guess that's... that. That's what I was asking, really, yeah. is would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? Would you still describe yourself as an artist? I would still describe myself as an artist. Yeah, yeah that, that definitely. Yeah. Because I think artists see the beauty in everything, mm -hmm. everywhere, and make something unique out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's certainly something that you know, we always try, try and do with the business yeah. as well as life, really. It's very interesting, isn't it, if you analyse the word art, like I often get my kids will say, what is art exactly, you know? Mm. And it's virtually everything, isn't it? I mean, it's everything you sit on, it's everything you hold in your hand, it's everything you walk yeah. over. I'm, um, I'm, I'm pretty snobby about art okay. in the sense that mm -hmm. I think for something to be art, it's probably 90% thinking and 10% doing. Yeah, okay. Design and craft is something mm. different, but, but artistry, I think, is so much, you know, you must know yourself if you're creating something, you do most of that creation in your own mind. Oh, absolutely, yes. It's uh, your craft that yeah. does the actual delivery, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And have you ever created anything perfect? No. Gosh, no. It's really funny, that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I'm, I'm notorious in the business that um, I'm very involved with the new product development, and mm -hmm. I'm absolutely notorious for just as we're about to launch, saying, it's all wrong. I don't like it. Yeah. It's not going to, you know, and everyone has to go, you always do this. <laughs> you always do this. Because I think, you know, you should be your worst critic, shouldn't yeah. you? In, in a healthy way, you yeah, should yeah. always challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. I could have done that bit better. Yeah. The moment you say, oh, we've got a formula, just keep repeating the formula. That's when your business will go down. Yeah. 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 I bet they're all waiting for you basically to go, oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> if you don't do that, they'd they be think, really oh, no. worried. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. And um, do you think it's been a help or a hindrance not being a hairdresser in what you're doing? I'm sure it's probably been both. Okay. Um, I think, I think not necessarily not being a hairdresser, mm -hmm. but maybe not having any sort of formal business training. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've never had a job actually. <laughs> I've always been self-employed yeah. and, and created my own own business. Mm -hmm. And I think. Um, there's, there's definitely merit in having some good grounding. Actually, I, I say that, but when I knew I was going to set up my painting business, yeah. design business... And I, how old were you then, about? Um, 22. 22, yeah. OK. Well, 21 when you leave mm. art college. And I did a typing course and I did a bookkeeping course at night school. Great, OK. And I set up my business on what used to be called the... Um, I think it's Enterprise Allowance. Okay, scheme. yeah, I remember. So 80 yeah. pounds a fortnight you got, mm -hmm. didn't you, to do your mm -hmm. own thing, which was fantastic at the time. So I set up on that. Um, and I tried to, to teach myself a lot about, you know, just the basics of a business and, and kept that kind of market store mentality of, okay. you know, yeah. I was always very, very 
you know, respectful of the money aspect. Um, I think that came from having, you know, my dad as self-employed. Yeah, it's I, hugely important, it that, isn't really it? And is. a lot of people don't get that. They no. think they can just produce creative things and money will exactly. flow in, but it, exactly. it doesn't, does it? You know, yeah. people have sold a lot of romance, aren't they, around mm. success now. And also a lot of, you know, if you're not successful by this age, that's it, you should yes. move on, which is horribly harmful. Mm. Um, and the arts actually are one of the best industries for that because, you know, you can be just as successful in your 60s and 70s as in your 20s and 30s. It's not as ageist an yes. industry, I think, as mm -hmm. some of them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I've forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I think we were just talking about whether it was a help or a hindrance. Oh, yes, to yeah, be, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think definitely a help in terms of, as you described, fresh eyes mm -hmm. um, and bringing, you know, training from, say, the fine art field into the beauty and yeah. fashion field was a really interesting mix. I mean, they dovetail very nicely, they don't do. they? They're both yes, art, they do. arts yeah. in many ways. Yeah. If somebody's watching this on the Pro Hair Live, um, if somebody's watching this on the uh, Pro Hair website, is there any hints and tips for people that wanted to launch their own product range, let's say? What, what would be... What would be a thing that they could I think the most step into, yeah. well the most important thing was really really make sure you have got a USP okay what is it that you are mm -hmm. doing and I think that's not just in launching a product it's in anything isn't mm -hmm. it how are you going to stand out mm -hmm. and it's got to be real it can't be manufactured mm -hmm. your standout persona yeah you know um, and I would say that everybody does have something unique about mm -hmm. them and it's quite difficult sometimes to find to exactly find what, what that is. is. And sometimes <laughs> yes. it's probably something about you you might not even like. Yeah. You know. God, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's the bit you're ignoring yeah. about yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd tried to launch a range maybe 10 years ago. And it had been, you know, Boots, I think, had agreed to stock it and one thing or another. But I didn't know what it was. That was the funny exactly. thing. I kept thinking, yeah. I don't actually know what I'm launching. Yeah. It's just shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. And that's not enough to sustain no. a business. So I let it go in the end. And it was interesting because one of the questions I used to get asked a lot is, who is Michael Douglas? Mm. What does Michael Douglas stand well, for? Well, it goes back to your Instagram mm. anal analogy, doesn't it? Yeah. That, you know, if you what can't it? get it from looking, and it's the same. If, if I can't describe you to somebody in one short sentence... Yeah. But often it's trying to describe yourself in it that is. sentence, isn't yeah. it? And it's, yeah. I mean, I've worked it out, but it's taken me 40 years to work it yeah. out. And I couldn't have worked it out at 20 because I hadn't done enough, no. you know. No. There's this great thing of, of people very at a very young age wanting it all. But mm. actually, it takes 20 years to come up with a mm. good idea. Oh, enjoy the process. Yeah, think? totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And everything is a learning. Mm -hmm. Everything is an opportunity to evolve. Don't be afraid to make changes. Mm. I think the moment you dig your heels in and try and push for something through is where it gets a little dangerous. You need to yeah. be really open to, and, and you know, not flip-flopping around, yes. but be really open to new learnings, mm. I think. So you must still think about Umberto a lot mm. uh, now, um, and you must see him in your kids. And, Absolutely. Uh, and still in yeah. your, your life as well. Yeah. What do you think he would think? about what you'd done with his business. Gosh, that's a that's oh, sorry, an interesting what question. you'd done with your business, you mm. know. Well, I think he... Oh, that's such an interesting question. I think, He'd be pretty proud of you. I think he would be... I think he would be between two places. I think he would be, wow, fantastic. And I think he would be, why did you do all that? <laughs> Honestly, because <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, he, he, he would have seen all the, the challenges and the yeah. difficulties... Um, but ultimately, for the kids particularly, mm -hmm. um, I'm very proud mm. that, that his name and his legacy has been so great that it, it still communicates with women. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully still will. Yeah. And you should feel pretty proud of yourself, I would have thought, for what you've managed to achieve there. Yeah, I, I guess I do. I'm starting to probably. Yeah, well, you um, should do. Yeah. Because yeah. there's... There's 50 ways where it could have all gone oh, wrong yes. and to pot. And there's yes. probably only two ways where it works out successfully. Mm. So the odds were stacked against you. Mm. So you should be extremely proud yes. of yourself, really. Yeah, I, I guess when you're in the middle of something, mm. you just, you know, throw yourself at it and make sure yeah. you do your best. Um, and yeah, I guess as, I'm, as I've got older and I'm looking mm. back, there are moments I think, how did I actually do that? I'm mm -hmm. not too sure. Yeah. But um, some and sometimes you know, not knowing what you're doing, yeah, um, means that you really do apply yourself a lot, a lot more, yeah. 
um, to, to get through it. And actually, a little bit of ignorance is, is helpful it's sometimes. Huge, it can be hugely helpful. Because if you right? saw the size yeah. of the mountain, you might not yeah. try. I was very, very fortunate in, with my parents as well, I mm -hmm. think. I'm very, very fabulous mom who was, you know, nothing, nothing but supportive and you, you can do this and you can do it all, all my life. Very big personality, fantastic personality. And I do think that's so, mm. you know, so precious if you're lucky enough to have the mm. right people in your life, your family support, I yeah. think is incredible. And um, yeah, I hope, hope that will be my, mm -hmm. my biggest legacy with my kids that they always felt, you yeah. know, anything was possible and that, you know, that they should aim for whatever really, really makes them yeah. happy. Because I think that's so important. And not in a ideological way, you oh, know. totally. Yeah, yeah. In, in a, you know, because you can't all be everything. Nope. We can't all just pick something mm -hmm. and aim for it. Mm -hmm. But really understanding what you should do in mm -hmm. life, I think, such such a valuable thing to discover. Well, well the, the idea is you pick something and aim at it. I mean, you might not yeah. get there, but at least aim at something. Yes. You know, the idea And so that... many doors open once you do. just mm. do. You know, we can we can be frightened into our shells in, in this yeah. age of social media where we do so much planning that we never actually open the door and go out and do. do it, yeah. And I think that's, you know, because you will yeah. make mistakes, but you've made a step forward. Yeah. So just keep going. Mm -hmm. Very, very important, I think, yeah. It's been extremely nice to have met you, uh, Claire. You too. Thank you very much you for too. doing this interview, because I'm sure the uh, readers of um, Pro Hair Mag will love it as much as I I've loved it. It's amazing that you've kept yourself so quiet all these years, yes. running such a successful business. Yes, on purpose. Uh, is it? Okay, <laughs> yes. well, this is your first outing. It really is, yeah, yes. Yeah, no, and it's been great it? talking to you. Oh, well, very good. good. Thank, Thank, you. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there you have it, folks. That was an appointment with Claire Shred. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, she was fantastic, really, really lovely, a uh, lovely person, and what an incredible story. I mean, uh, tragic, but also incredibly inspiring, really, uh, when you stop to think about the enormity of what she went through, losing Umberto uh, and managing to not only keep hold of the business, but grow it into the empire that it is, uh, is extraordinary work. Um, from her and what a fantastic person too. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, there will be more from An Appointment With coming soon uh, and in the meantime I'll leave you with this um, elevator music that I myself have performed and produced for your listening pleasure. Uh, join me next time on An Appointment With. Thanks for listening.